forever worthy you are, God. Worthy of all the praise. Worthy of our lives, Lord. God, we acknowledge that in your name we can find power. We can find a fortress to hide. That you are our strong tower, the one we should run to. The one we should cling to. Help us to believe that, God. Help us to believe that you are God and you are good and you're forever faithful. Speak to our hearts through your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 22 is a lesson for belief, lesson for faith. Some of God's ways are often head scratchers. They're hard to understand. They stir up lots of questions. When you read through the Old Testament and also the New Testament in a couple of places, you just wonder, how could that be? How could God do that? What was God up to? Some things don't make sense. Some things don't add up. Many things of the Lord are beyond us, and the Scripture tells us that His ways are beyond us, that His ways are um, beyond our understanding, that He asks of certain things of certain people that just don't seem to add up, don't seem to make sense. It doesn't seem to be what ought ought to be. They're head scratchers. They're curiosity makers. They stir up lots of questions. You might read the Old Testament sometimes and think, man, I need to kind of PR God a little bit. I need to put God in a little better frame of reference, you know, make God seem to be a little more amiable, right? And uh, if we, you know, we, we've got to present him in a different light than this. But we shouldn't do that. God doesn't need to be PR'd. His word stands for itself, and what he has done stands for itself, and his ways are always right, and his ways are always best. And usually, most of the time, when we see the final result, if we're able to see the final result, we go, okay, now I see, now I understand. We see that with Abraham today. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 says, After these things God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. A test. A test. We read in the scripture, don't we, that the Lord does not put us to the test. That is for temptation. He is not going to cause us to be tempted to sin, of course, but a test of faith, a test of conviction, a test of accepting the assignment that God would give him. It's an unusual time, I think, for Abraham to receive this test. Hadn't Abraham done enough to prove his belief? Hadn't he done enough to show that he he, uh, trusts the Lord? He has been faithful. He hadn't been perfect. You know, we have the Hagar situation. We've got the Ishmael situation. It was a lack of faith, 
a lack of belief, but my stars had been a long time. The child was promised, the child of a great nation, the, the child of blessing was promised when he was 75. It didn't happen. And, and Sarah, she was ashamed of herself. And I want to I go see Sarah and Abraham and go, y'all were 75 years old. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself. That part of life has passed by. That's why the miracle is so great. The miracle of the Jewish nation is a tremendous miracle because 100-year-old people don't have children. But God made that happen. And God made it so that uh, he would reveal to all the world that Jesus was and that God was the provider. So we've got the test, and the test is that he's to take his son, his only son Isaac, and sacrifice him. Now Isaac is the promised child. Isaac is the promised child. He's the one that would provide the miracle. He's the child of promise. So when Abraham hears this, can you imagine what is going on in his mind? Can you imagine? Child of the promise and then a new assignment. Why did we go through all that? Why did we struggle out there not wondering why in the world God hadn't come through with the baby yeah, Abraham believed God. It was counted to him as righteous, and he proves it in this story. So we have a test. After these things, God tested Abraham, and the test was that he was to take his son, his only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him. Now, that, that causes problems, doesn't it? Doesn't that cause you a problem? Even knowing Jesus' story causes you a problem? Who here wants to get an assignment? We want you to take your only son, and we want you to go where I'm going to tell you to go, and I want you to sacrifice him. Are you going? What are you going to do? Now, wait a minute, God. What kind of argument are you going to lay out there for that? What kind of argument? God, you can't be asking me this. I must be hearing wrong. God, surely you don't mean this. Surely we hadn't gone through all those problems, not being able to have a child, and living out there and, and believing that we were the child of the promise, and we've left our home for you. I mean, he, he walked a long way to be in, the, in what we understand today to be uh, Canaan, the Holy Land. He'd gone a long way. He left the Ur of Chaldees. He, he traveled through that horrible dry desert. And he's out here, and, and now that he's been blessed. He's got lots of donkeys, sheep. He's a wealthy man. He's got lots of land. But our son, our only son, we got to sacrifice our son. Surely I, something is wrong here. But look what Abraham did in verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning. I wonder how much sleep he got that night. I wonder how much sleep he got. None may be it. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He got up, saddled up, and left. And all the information he had was, I want you to go where I tell you to go. You're going to the land of Moriah, but I want you to go where I tell you to go. He doesn't have all the information. All he knows is he's to go to this place that the Lord is going to take him, and he's going to sacrifice his son. So Abraham got up the next morning, and he went. That's belief. 
That's the belief. The lesson for us is very clear there that when the Lord tells us something, regardless of our concern with it, regardless of what we think about it, we just need to get up and go. We need to go and do. That's belief. Don't have all the information. You know, some people got to have all the information before they respond. All Abraham knew was that. All he knew was verse 2. I want you to go to the land of Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice your son. That is all he knew to do. And so he gets up the next morning, and he goes. And he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Can you imagine how hard it was to cut that wood? Can you imagine how each step in the, in the right direction was? Child of the promise or child of the new assignment. Child of the promise. What about the promise? You know, Lord, where's the promise now? Is there no promise? Have I done something to lose the promise? Have I done something to, to you know, invalidate what you have promised to me? I thought it was an irrevocable covenant that you had made with me. I thought you were going to do this regardless. And so I'm sure every step was difficult. Every step was just heartbreaking for him. When we're given those hard assignments and when we don't have all the answers, we just know this is what we believe the Lord has revealed to us. Oftentimes, it's hard. Oftentimes, the steps are difficult. They're painful steps. They're emotionally painful. Can you imagine how hard it was for Abraham to every once in a while, if they're going to the land of Moriah, to look back at Isaac, his son, his only son? He didn't love Isaac differently than you love your son. It was the same. Can you think about how you love your children? And you've got to sacrifice your children. Come on, God. Come on now. This is hard to understand. This, is, this makes you look bad, God. Calls me to go and sacrifice my child. But he went. He went. It's not complicated. It's not hard to understand. His faith is revealed because he got up that morning and he saddled up, he cut the wood, and he headed in the right direction. He went for it. Verse 4, it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. He saw it. Then Abraham said to his young son, young man, excuse me, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Hmm. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Did he mean I will return or me and the boy will return? It's hard to really fully understand that, isn't it? I think he understood it to be he and the boy will return. But not quite sure. But we're going to go do what God does because I love God more than my son. I love God's assignment more than the promises, the blessings. I love God more than how God has blessed me. I love God. That's the test. It's being fulfilled. And so it says, you two boys stay here, his helpers, his workers, me and the boy. We are going to go there and worship, and then we're going to come back. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. You see a picture there of something else? 
Who carried the wood up Mount Moriah? Isaac did. Who was Isaac? Abraham's one and only son. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. He has the fire for the burnt offering to light the wood, and he's got the knife for the sacrifice. Can you see the picture of Abraham, 100 years old, or walking up the hill? And, and can you see uh, his son carrying the wood each step? Each step, Isaac, uh, Abraham's got a knife, and he's got the fire with him. He's got a stick with the, the fire on. The fire's going. Isaac says to him, my father, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? I don't think that's the first time Isaac thought about it, but perhaps it's the first time Isaac asked about it. This is not beginning to add up here. We got wood, we got fire, and we've got a knife, and we've got me. Something is missing. Something is missing here. How is this going to work? And the truth of the matter is, if someone is without salvation, something is missing. If someone is without belief, something is missing. A big piece of life is missing. I've heard people describe it as an emptiness in their soul, a hole in their heart, a void, just, just an empty vessel without any life. Something is missing here. We got the knife, we got the fire, and we've got the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide for himself. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. God will provide. So they went, both of them, together. Once again, for Abraham. Boy, I hope God does provide. I sure hope it happens. I sure hope this works out. Man, what am I going to do here? When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. You've got to be kidding me, right? Aren't you asking that? How in the world could that be? They get to where they need to get to. Abraham builds the altar. They lay the wood, and, and he puts Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. Without a struggle, without a fight, without great resistance here, wow. Then Abraham reached out his hand, and he took the knife to slaughter his son. Isaac, is this happening? Isaac, what did I do wrong? Isaac, 
I thought you said the Lord was going to provide. What's going on in Isaac's mind? What's going on in Abraham here? I believe God more than the blessings. I believe God more than I understand. I believe God more than my questions. I believe God. I believe God is faithful. I believe God is the Lord Almighty. I believe God's way is right and best. So I believe with great reluctance. I, I, I believe with great angst, just great turmoil in his heart. I mean, just upside down, just can't seem to wrap his mind around what in the world is going on. But Abraham grabbed the knife and held it up to sacrifice Isaac. Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The place is called the Lord will provide. And it is to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. It shall be provided. So we have a difficult assignment. We have a test. We have the faith of Abraham. Each step of the way, not knowing all the answers, not, not having any questions answered, just moving forward. He goes to the land of Moriah. He goes on the mount of the Lord, and he puts the wood down, he puts his son on top of the wood, and he's about to strike his son with the knife. And he's got the fire to burn it up afterwards. And the Lord provided in Moriah, on the mount of Moriah. Interesting. I'm going to read a scripture from 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. You mean the same place where Abraham and Isaac went for the sacrifice? The same place. The same exact place, Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. What does it mean? The Lord will provide. On Mount Moriah, the Lord will provide. And the Lord appeared to David and there appointed him, showed him this was to be the place of the temple. And Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. So in Jerusalem, you've got Mount Zion, 
Mount Zion is taller than Mount Moriah. Mount Zion is about 3,300 feet above sea level. You've got the olive, the, Mount, the olive mountain, the Mount of Olives, where it overlooks Jerusalem. It's taller than Mount Zion. When you're on top of Mount of Olives, you look down to Mount Zion across the way. The city of David is right below it, the old city of David. The Mount Zion is where all the Pharisees lived during the day. It's where the high priests lived the day. It's where Caiaphas' house is today. But as you look down, you look past the Kidron Valley, where today, in your mind, you see the Dome of the Rock. You see where the temple was, both temples on that same spot. That's Mount Moriah. It's where the Holy of Holies was. It's where the temple was. Inside that golden dome is a big rock huge rock. It is believed to be the rock of the sacrifice. It is the place of all the sacrifices when the first and second temple were open. Mount Moriah, in between the Mount of Olives and Mount Zion. Not as tall, but definitely a little hill. You can see the valley on the side. And most of the city of Jerusalem, or the old city of Jerusalem, is built on Mount Moriah. What happened on Mount Moriah? Well, Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah. What else happened on Mount Moriah? Well, the first temple, Solomon's temple was built there, and then when it was ransacked, Herod's temple was built there on Mount Moriah. You mean the exact place of, uh, where Abraham put, took Isaac? Yes. How big is Mount Moriah? About 37 acres. The Temple Mount that you see there is about four and a half acres right there in that where the Holy of Holies was. Isn't it interesting that it would be the place where the Lord will provide? When I learned that many, many years ago, and then when I saw it many, many years ago, my heart beat quickly. I got goosebumps. I thought about the history of Mount Moriah. The history of the Lord will provide. I thought about the judgment of it. The judgment. This four and a half acres, this 37 acre part of land on top of Mount Moriah, it is where Abraham went. It is where Muhammad supposedly went up into heaven. And now they have it. It is where the first and second temples were, it is where they would bring on the Day of Atonement, those unblemished lambs into the fold, into the temple, so their sin could be atoned for. It's right there. And not only that, but it is the most politically unstable, military issued up, religious sensitivity, land in all the world. Not another place like that. In 1967, when the Jews took back the Temple Mount from the Jordanians, they kept it for about 12 hours. You know why? Because the political, you know, leverage, just, just the influence of the world came down on them. And when they began to consider their situation, 
They walked away from their only place to have their sins forgiven because they knew they could not fight off all the Muslim countries that would come. And they stand outside the Western Wall on Mount Moriah and they wail because they can't even go up on top to the place to where they experience the Day of Atonement. Can you imagine having an understanding of how to be right with God and you can't get right with God? You can never sacrifice the animal for the forgiveness of your sin. It can't be done. It just can't be done. And something else that happened on Mount Moriah. They took Jesus and they put a cross on him. They put a crown of thorns on him. They beat him. And on Mount Moriah, they put him on a cross. On Mount Moriah. Abraham, once you get your son, your only son, and I want you to go to the land of Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, on Mount Moriah. You see why the stories in the Bible in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, why it's there in Genesis 22? God the Father getting us ready to understand that He would do what He did not ask Abraham to do. He would give His one and only Son. People today always say, Jesus is the only way of salvation. Yes. What about all these other gods? What about them? But, but that, you know, you mean to tell me all these people are wrong? Yes. You mean to tell me that if you don't believe in this Jesus, then you don't get to go to heaven? Yes. Well, how can you be that bigoted? How can you be that narrow-minded? How in the world can you be like that? Abraham went to Mount Moriah and went to sacrifice his only son. On Mount Moriah was the first and second temple where the blood atonement was taking place every single year for the forgiveness of people's sins. That's why. Because God gave us the picture. God showed us the way it would be. And this Jesus that was provided by God on Mount Moriah died for the sins of everyone who believes in him. And he rose from the grave. On Mount Moriah, he rose from the grave on Mount Moriah. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Why do I believe that Jesus is the only way of salvation? Because the Lord provided on Mount Moriah. He provided. Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteous. Abraham was not made right with God because of circumcision. He believed in God long before circumcision. He was made right with God because of belief. And today, we are made right with God exactly the same way Abraham was. Salvation in the Old Testament is exactly the same is salvation in the New Testament. They look forward to the provision of the Lord. We look back to the provision of the Lord. But salvation is by believing in the Lord of the provision. So Jesus is the only way.
bigoted, yes. Narrow-minded, absolutely. Only one way. Why? Because we believe that God the Father is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and in due time, the Lord provided on Mount Moriah. And he gave us his one and only son. And we believe in God of the provision when we are born again. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the Lord's provision on Mount Moriah for you? Have your sins been forgiven because you've believed in Jesus? And the price that he paid makes it the only way for your sins to be forgiven. Do you believe? Yes, some of the stories, you just go, hard to understand, hard to figure out, hard to reason with. But when you see the whole picture, you go, he's making it clear to us, isn't he? For God so loved the world, he gave us his one and only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe the Lord provides? Father, help us to believe, help us to understand, help us to know, help us to experience. Lord, you are the great provider. Lord, you are the one that's made it all. Lord, I just ask today that anyone here today has something missing, something missing from their life, something missing in their heart, something missing, Lord. May they see by your Spirit that's what's missing is believing in you and being born again and having the Holy Spirit come and live in their life because they believed in the gift of Jesus, the Lord. You have provided, Lord, through Jesus. We recognize, Lord, to be right with you comes through belief. And Lord, I'm so grateful that you make us right with you because of what Jesus has done for us at the cross and our belief in your gift to us. Help us to see the difference between believing in the promises and believing in you. Lord, I pray for anyone here today, Lord, that needs to be made right with you. May they not trust in themselves. May they not trust in their in their circumcision. May they not trust in religious works. May they not trust in anything they themselves have done, but just trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Ushers, please come forward.